Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Paxton. Angie and I are here in beautiful Ellsworth, Michigan today. And I want to take this opportunity to talk to you for a moment about an upcoming series I'm going to be teaching right here on Up North TV. Uh, you know, I've done this recently and uh, with another series that we're doing. And so the Lord laid this one on my heart and told me to share it with you also. Uh, in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 21. This is a verse of scripture that we have heard no doubt many times as Christians. And uh, we have taken it at its face value, which is in a negative setting. It's a negative connotation. And it's very pertinent and very uh, real for us today. But there's another application to this verse that God began to show me. I was actually studying uh, a message by Andrew Womack. And as I was studying, God began to show me the positive side of this verse for us as believers. And I'm talking about Romans chapter 1, verse 21. The series is entitled, Four Keys to Walking in the Fullness of God in the Last Days, or Four Last Days Keys to Walking in the Fullness of Almighty God. You and I want that for our lives. I want that more than anything, is to just get to that place in my life where I can say, God, I'm reaching for everything you have for me. I'm reaching for your full, the fullness of your presence, the fullness of your peace, the fullness of your joy, etc., and so forth. Well, I believe that the scripture showing us here, because I think that Romans 1 describes all of humanity as guilty before God for all time, but I really think this is a last day's passage for the New Testament church, uh, that, that these negative things will increase more and more and more uh, as we see the day approaching when Christ is going to return. So I also think that we as the church then should walk in the positive aspect more and more and more until the day that Christ returns. So I believe this is the last day scripture, but it, I understand theologically that it covers the state of mankind for all time. I mean, all of men have done this for, for from time from the time of Adam, from the creation in the Garden of Eden, all the way up to now, mankind has lived in this and walked in this on the negative end. And without Christ, friend, we're all going to walk in the negative end of things. But when we have Jesus, glory to God, we can begin to plug in and experience the positive side of what God is saying to us here. Four last day's keys to experiencing, to walking in the fullness of God. Here they are. Here's what Romans 1.21 says. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their foolish imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, verse 22, they became fools. That's probably one of the worst things that anybody could ever say about any one of us, is that we've just professed ourselves to be wise, but really we're a fool. And why are we a fool? Why were these people fools? Because first of all, key number one, this is the negative end, they did not glorify God. So if you want to walk in the fullness of God in the last days, number one, you need to glorify Him. And that word glorify in the original Greek, it means to put a, a value on God above everything else. So when you glorify God, it means that you value who He is, you value what the scripture says, you value the way that God does things more than you value what your friends think, what your friends are doing, 
what your relatives say, uh, anything else on the face of the earth, you value God more than you value your big home, your new car, you value God more than you value your job, you value God even more than you value the church that you attend, etc. and so forth. To glorify God is to give Him supreme value in your life. And if you want to walk in His fullness, you're going to have to glorify Him. The second one, it says, neither were they thankful. Now that's pretty self-explanatory, but we ought to be thankful to God for everything He has done for us. Even the smallest little thing that we would deem as insignificant, and maybe it wouldn't even cross our mind that this was something just really sweet and special that God has done for us, but we ought to be quick to give Him thanks. When mankind doesn't glorify God, and when man does not give Him thanks, then they begin to more and more and more lean on their own understanding, and they walk into number three. Here's number three. It says, they became vain in their imaginations. And so the third thing that you and I have to do, if we want to walk in the, the fullness of God in the last days, is that we have to understand the godly use of our imagination. Now, and here's what I mean by that. <clears throat> when God took Abraham out and said, see the stars, Abraham? If you could count them, then you'll understand how great your descendants are going to be or how many descendants that you're going to have. Well, when Abraham looked up there, he didn't see sentences. He had a mental picture of what God was telling him. That's what I'm talking about. So when I say imagination, I'm not talking about spooky stuff or anything. I'm just talking about that. We can see with the eye of our spirit. We can see the promises of God being real in our lives with the eye of faith. Hallelujah. And so we begin to allow God to sanctify our imagination. And hey, listen, if we're glorifying God with our life and we're thankful to God in our life, then it's no problem to just imagine that God is willing to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And he is willing to heal us. He's willing to prosper us. He's willing to bless us. He's willing to send us forth in a greater anointing than ever before in these last days. It's no problem to imagine that because we're thankful to God. We've already seen and acknowledged him for what he's done in our lives. And we, our desire is to bring him glory in everything that we do and say and everywhere that we go. And just everything about us lives to glorify God. So then little by little, our imagination becomes sanctified and we use it in its proper function. Now, if you're not glorifying God, if you're not thankful, then your imaginations get vain. And that word vain simply means empty. And you imagine things that have no significance. I wonder what it's gonna be like when I get more. I wonder what it's gonna be like when this or that or the other. And you begin to think in vanity, in emptiness in things that don't count, in things that certainly don't count for eternity. And that leads you into the fourth problem, or the fourth area of blessing, if you're looking at this as a Christian from the positive side. Here's what it says. I'm going to read the whole verse again. <clears throat> when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And once, once those three happened, they, they didn't glorify God, so they weren't thankful for anything that God did for them. Because of that, their imaginations were empty and hollow, and they, 
They, they didn't even really know what real living really was because they didn't live for Jehovah. And then their foolish hearts became darkened. And so the fourth thing that you and I need to focus on in the last days to walk in the fullness of God, this is a key to walking in His fullness, to experiencing intimately His fullness, is that we have to have a good heart. And we keep a good heart by glorifying God, by being a thankful person for all that God does for us and has done for us. We imagine the best things of God that He has given us in His Word. We let our imaginations just draw that blueprint for faith. See, uh, imagination can give you hope, and hope is the blueprint of faith, and faith is that ingredient that overcomes the world. So we, we do all of this, and that keeps our heart just pure before the Lord, and a good, pure heart. Otherwise, it says here, their foolish hearts became darkened. When you imagine empty, vain things, and you don't thank God for your life and for the things He does and gives you in life, and when you don't glorify God, the light goes off in your inner man. And when that happens, you're just at that point where the next step you'll read about in the Scripture, God called them reprobates. God called them reprobates. And so we certainly as Christians don't want to be a reprobate, and you don't have to be a reprobate. If you're not a Christian and you're watching this telecast, you don't have to be a reprobate either because you can come to Jesus Christ who gave his life to pay for your sins. That's right. He didn't, he didn't deserve what he got. You did. I did. But he took that cross and he died and shed his life's blood so that you and I can be saved. And we can begin to glorify God. We can become thankful people. It, it'll change the way you look at everything in your life. When your motive is to bring God the glory and to thank Him for every blessing He brings your way. It changes the way you see everything. Things that you would have walked by before just kind of calloused and, and, oh well, you know, that's nice. But now it begins to put a deep appreciation for life inside of you. And life was a gift that God gave us. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them to live forever. Adam wasn't supposed to die. Adam and Eve were not supposed to die. If they would not have fallen, they'd still be alive today. I don't know if you realize that or not. But if Adam and Eve would not have fallen, if, if, if the fall never would have taken place, we would still be in the garden paradise. Adam and Eve would still be alive. And even medical science tells us that the human body was created to live forever. And the human cells regenerate themselves every seven years. I mean, there's traces of it left. But because of the fall, because of sin, it's, it, it all was destroyed by Satan. And you see, Adam fell, and that fall, that sin nature is transferred, that propensity for you and I to do evil was transferred through Adam down through the generations, you and I are partakers of it, and we need a Savior. Jesus provided that salvation when he died on the cross so that you can be a follower of Christ. You can be saved. You can make heaven your home, but more than that, you can glorify God in your life. You can develop a thankful heart and attitude for everything that God has given you, for the beauty of this earth, that it, even though marred by the fall, it's still here. Uh, 
there's there's traces of it there's evidences of it that we can see this beautiful little park where we are at contains evidence on our journey back to Eden praise God we can enjoy all of this I'm thankful to God for that I'm thankful for the relationships in my life for my for my wife for my friends my family I'm thankful for what God has done for me he's healed my body he's prospered my life I could go on and on and on listing the blessings of God. Sometime we should do a program where we just list the blessings of God. And that causes me to be thankful to Him. The minute we start taking it for granted, we're in that place where we run the risk of God withholding His hand just to teach us that we need to be thankful. And then when we begin to imagine the things that he has promised us in his word as being true. And we just begin to say, you know, Lord God, I don't believe it's too hard for you to send me to Africa. I don't believe it's too hard for you to bring 10 new families into the church this month. Lord, I just don't believe it's too hard for you to prosper my bank account and give me the extra money to give to the gospel, to feed hungry people across the world or to give Bibles or to build churches and, and plant churches. I don't believe it's not, I don't believe anything's too difficult for you. I can just imagine you doing it right now. That's the way he wants us to live. When you were a, a young child and your dad would say something to you like maybe uh, for those of you that had a good relationship with your dad and, and for those of you that didn't, there was probably some other person in your life or something that came along in your life where they said, tomorrow <clears throat> we're going to go fishing. And man, the day before, the, from the time they told you that, all through the rest of that day, all through that night, imagination's building up inside of you. As you begin to think about what it's going to be like when you're at the lake, I mean, in your inner person, you can see the lake. You can see the, the fishing poles. You can see that big fish on the end of your line as you pull it in. See, God gave you imagination. <clears throat> it's the devil that's perverted it and made some weird stuff out of it in some people's lives. But God wants to sanctify your imagination because it'll lay a blueprint for your life. And it'll, it'll reveal. Imagination reveals even things. God speaks through imagination and he begins to reveal to you things that he's going to do in your life. And then finally, through this whole process, you're keeping your heart pure. And you're keeping an innocence as you walk with God. If you'll put those four keys into practice on the positive side, if you'll put those four keys into the front and row center of, of your vision in life, if you'll do that, if you'll pay particular attention and ask the Lord to develop this in you, then in these last days that we're living in, even though times are going to get more wicked and more evil, we could read the rest of Romans 1 and take a look at society that absolutely turns their back on Creator God and absolutely has no regard for His Son Jesus Christ and the Savior of the world, Jesus. If you just, if you just put this in your mind, I want these attributes to be flowing through my life. You're going to walk in the fullness of God right in the middle of the last days. You're going to walk when others are shaking and trembling all around you. You are going to have the fullness of His peace the fullness of his compassion, the fullness of his joy, you are going to walk in a place where you can be a, a distributor, if you will, of the anointing that will break the yoke of destruction 
off of those that come in contact with your life. See, God didn't send us here so that we can just occupy a pew or so that we can just have a home on the corner. God left us alive to this time for a reason. And that reason is that we can be dispensers of his anointing to those who are in trouble. And to those who don't know the Lord, you might be their eye opener. You might just have the anointing that they need that will bring them to conviction of their sins and to repentance. And so when you begin to walk in this, when you begin to let this live big on the inside of you, then God moves you from level to level. The scripture says it's from glory to glory. He takes you from glory to glory. And, and with each new level comes a new devil, but also comes a new blessing. And so the, the, you always want to remember this, and we're not talking about salvation now. Salvation is free. But if you want God to use your life, there's a price that comes with it. And also, with obedience comes blessings. Absolutely. Now the blessings, you want, to, you want to be sure, this is another topic too that we'll get on another time, but you want to be sure that you're not looking at blessings the way the world does and that you're not defining blessings like the world defines blessings because then you might be disappointed because you know so much of what the world seeks after God could care less about. The blessings that you have are first of all spiritual blessings and then secondly yes God will give you material blessings to meet your needs and to sustain your life, absolutely. But the key is, we need to be glorifying God, we need to have a thankful heart and attitude, hallelujah. We need to use our imagination in a sanctified, godly fashion to, to just fellowship with God. And finally, we need to keep our heart pure before Him. And as these things become so, then we walk forth dispensing the anointing into situations, into people's lives, into people's hearts in these last days. So that's coming up. We're going to look at it a lot deeper. We're going to bring a lot of other scriptures into it in the coming weeks here on TV2. I trust and pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Why don't you do us a favor? And tell some of your friends about this program. Uh, I was at Mancino's in Traverse City the other day. I pulled in there because it was raining and I wanted to get a little bite to eat. And uh, some guy recognized me from TV and told me that he, was, he had told a friend to watch. Well, I thought that was a blessing. So why don't you do a, a favor for us and tell your friends and your family about the program and tell them to tune in Wednesday nights and we will get into these things in a much greater detail in coming programs so that all of us together in the last days, we can walk and we can function truly in a unity that is birthed by the Holy Spirit. You know, one hour on Sunday morning is not enough for you to call that unity with the brethren and walking together as a unit. One hour on a Sunday morning is nothing. And really what we need to do is we need to encourage one another in these very issues as we see the day approaching because Jesus is coming Jesus is coming soon and I want you and me to be ready when he gets here amen this is brother Paxton saying go with God and he will go with you blessings